We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. For boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-H-N-N-Bet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always, my co-host, Nick Filato. And today, we've got a special guest on the podcast. You know me. I'm god-awful at name pronunciation, so I tried my best to get this one right before the podcast, and I think I'm going to hit this. It's Larry, not Lori. Larry, like a safari. No, La- Larry. Dan, there, that was terrible. I knew I was going to get this wrong because I, wow. I was throwing it. Look. I, this isn't even on purpose. This is just me being me, as bad as it gets at pronouncing names. And sp- honestly, if you didn't give me the safari thing before, and I really would have continued to screw this thing up. But Laurie Fitzpatrick, for those of you who don't know Laurie, she is an up-and-comer in this industry. And by this industry, I mean the NFL analysis industry. Now, you guys know me. You guys know Nick. You guys know what we do at the Big Blue Bander Podcast. We promote... And we are a big believer in X's and O's analysis. Every week, we do two podcasts that break down the Giants' offense on film and the Giants' defense on film. That's the crux of our show. And in my mind, there is a fervor for this. It's pretty obvious as you go on, if you go on Twitter, if you follow our analysis or the trajectory of our podcast. And we're here to provide it. We want to bring in people like Larry, who... God, I'm so bad at this. It's going to keep going through my head. You know, the worst thing ever, My one of the my coworkers, Adam Azer in my head, I got in my mind that it was Adam Iser Cause I grew up with a friend who had the last name, the exact same spelling of his last name. And he pronounced it Iser. And to this day, I, I said it on the show multiple times on the CBS sports fantasy football today show. And I just get crushed for it today. So hopefully Laurie will be a little more uh, understanding of my shortcomings as an analysis here. But the point I'm trying to make is this, I got onto Larry's work a little bit, like probably a year and a half ago when she was putting up film breakdowns on Twitter. And I was blown away because anytime I watch a film breakdown and I can learn something, I'm like, I'm in. Give me more of this content. I want more. I want more. I want more. So this is a long preamble to introduce Larry to the show. Larry, fuck, I'm bad at this. Larry, give, give us how to pronounce your name and tell us a little bit about where we can find your work. No, no, it's fine. It's uh, it's Larry. So like, um, yeah, I said the safari thing earlier, but I forgot you guys are you know, you're from like New York and Jersey and yeah. I went to college there. So nobody could say my name in <laughs> North Jersey. They say Larry, because La- <laughs> everybody says Lauren and like Laura, Laura, but it like in South Jersey, we say Laura and Lauren. So if it's not Lori, then I lose everybody. So yeah, you have that Don't South Philly accent, that South Jersey Philly accent too, which is the total opposite of what me and Nick have up here. Yeah. So most people just call me Fitz, you know, okay. because I think I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're good Fitz, with it. Fitz, Fitz rules. Right. So yeah, yeah no, Fitz I appreciate cool. you guys having me on. Um, no, I, I'm, uh, I work with USA today, just kind of started with them like, uh, right before the last, last year's draft. So yeah, I'll, I'll post stuff on Twitter all the time, kind of breaking uh, certain players down 
I uh, I used to play uh, women's professional football in North Jersey in, Wo- in Woodbridge. Uh, so I played for about five and a half years. So I kind of have a, that's kind of where my X's and O's came from. Learned how to like watch film and, and really evaluate players and mostly my opponents. And, and I realized that there are tells and the game of football is like a game of chess. So it, it, everything, you know, sets up another thing. So if you're, you know, if, if you don't have a good release, then it may take longer for you to get separation downfield which then, you know, may lead to your quarterback getting sacks. And it, it all kind of plays in, together in the, in the same puzzle. So, yeah, I just – I love breaking down the game. I appreciate, you know, both of you guys following me. Nick, I met you, you know, uh, like a couple years ago um, with, like, clip draw and, and drawing on video. So, so yeah, Dan, I appreciate, you know, you following me and you guys having me on because I love to talk draft stuff, man. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, we can't wait to get into this because, look – as I said, and for those of you who don't know, Larry, where can we find Fitz, your work? On- Fitz. Fitz, yeah, let's just do a Fitz. Fitz. Fitz, where can we want, where can, where can they find your work on Twitter? Yeah, it's, uh, it's at Laurie, Laurie Fitzpatrick. Uh, now I'm thinking about taking out the Laurie altogether, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, at Laurie Fitzpatrick, but, um, you can find me on USA Today, uh, Touchdown Wire, it's the NFL Wire, uh, so, yeah, and, um, I'm also doing a, a podcast with, uh, an ex-NFL player, uh, Clay Harbor. Uh, it's the Believe uh, in Jaguars podcast. Um, so I'm in Florida. I kind of know a lot, of, a lot about Jacksonville. And uh, after Trevor kind of went there from Clemson, it's been it's been huge. So there's a like lo- there's a lot to look forward to, you know, for the Jacksonville fans. And but this is a this is a Giants podcast, so let's stick it to that. But but yeah, you guys can. That's where you guys can find me. Yeah, well, I'm not going to let you know then. My hairbrained idea, the galaxy brain idea that I have, which is Trevor Lawrence demands a trade to the New York Giants. So we weren't going to get into that right now because things in Jacksonville. But look, I actually do think Doug Peterson can do a good job helping to turn that around. I, I won't sit here and tell you I think Trent Baalke is going to do a good job with that franchise. But listen, I do like your analysis for sure. I've seen you do some Jaguar stuff as well. But today we're here to talk about the draft with Fitz, and we're going to talk about the wide receiver class specifically. So I want to first start by asking, because this is what I like to ask whenever we have analysts on to talk a specific position. Do you have any of, quote-unquote, your guys that you just love in this class? And if so, break down why you like them based on the film. Yeah, no, there, there's a couple guys, and and it's more about – it's it's not about, like, these are the number one guys – but there are certain guys in certain rounds that could be like perfect for like around three or around four. Um, so there, there are a couple of those guys. I, I just wrote a piece on um, uh, uh, Valus uh, Jones. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right. It's a shame because uh, I did it like a whole piece on it, but yeah. Don't worry. Jones That's me the Tennessee. entire draft season. Never sure if I'm <laughs> saying a name, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, Valus, uh, he, I, I really like him. So he's actually 24 years old, which is like a lot older than a lot of players right now currently in the league. Um, but the thing with him is he's, he, he's also a, uh, a returner as well as a receiver, but he kind of came on a little late. Like he already has his master's degree. <laughs> so it's like, what? But uh, he, he's basically a guy that can, he, he, he can receive, but he's also, uh, you know, a special teams guy. He's really, he has really good yak. Um, you know, he's great, obviously, at the catch point as well. Um, he, he's just a, he's like a, I don't know, like a third rounder that can just add a lot of value uh, to a team. Uh, so he, he's one guy uh, from Tennessee, um, but I also, you know, I really like Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Uh, he's, Six three, but like a total technician uh, when it comes to route running. Ran a, a four four, I believe, a forty yard dash. Um, so he's really good. Also, Kyle Phillips. Uh, he is like I don't actually know how tall he is, but he's from UCLA. Uh, he's like another like slot guy, uh, but he's a little bit shorter than Alec uh, Pierce. He um, but he's pretty fast too. So. Really good route runner. Um, I'm a, like I'm a Drake London girl. I'm not gonna say girl. I would say guy. Like a fan, I guess, of Drake. Um, and I, a lot of people are saying that because of his size, maybe there's a little bit of a, a discrepancy if, if 
like how he's able to move with the ball. But no, nah, I, I really like Drake. Um, I'm not as big on Christian Watson as everybody else is, um, but maybe we'll get into get into the, the that side later. But you know, Sky Moore is another guy that I really like. Um, and uh, who else? Oh, I just posted a video of uh, George Pickens. Uh, Nick, you were kind of mentioning him earlier. Man, he is he's special. Um, he's he can track the ball really well, and I mean, he, he's he's pretty fast. I wouldn't say, like, he's super, like, great off of the line of scrimmage, but he's a really good route runner. He can basically put defenders in spin cycles, honestly. So uh, he's – you're just really not sure with him because he got worse as his college career went on. So that's kind of, like, a big question mark. Um, but honestly, I see that a lot in college. I see that where, like, guys that are co- – that are supposed to come out of college to be like the number one at their position when they when they get that title when they're like a freshman or sophomore they kind of fall off a little bit I don't know if that's on purpose because it could be right hey I already know that I'm gonna be like the best coming out I don't want to get hurt like I don't want to you know I don't want to burn myself out so I'm gonna kind of like take it easy for the next year Uh, and then they come into the NFL and everybody kind of underrated them because they didn't do well, maybe their last year of college. Um, But I think it's always important to kind of look at the upside and not so much the stats. So um, I think Pickens is one of those guys where, yeah, he kind of fell off a little bit, um, but he would be a great replacement for like Kenny Galladay uh, for the Giants. You know, his height, uh, his speed, uh, you know, he he can get deep like Kenny can. I did a whole scattering report on uh, Kenny Galladay, so – um, if it wasn't for injuries, man, he would be like so good. So, you know, um, and then there's, uh, and then there's uh, Dotson, who I really like out of Penn State too. Yes. Um, I just wish his physicality, like his play strength, were a little bit better. Um, but besides that, dude, he can get vertical, um, a lot of suddenness, curl routes, slants, uh, digs. You know, he has a lot of. Uh, he doesn't really have a ton of drops, so. Yeah, just as long as he gets his weight up, I think he could be a pretty good uh, wide receiver at the next level too. I'm a big fan of Jahan Dotson's game, and he's not the biggest guy, but he has so many catches that are well away from his frame where he jumped and had this insane body control. He had one, it was in the snow against Michigan State, I believe, along the sideline where the throw was like two yards out of bounds, and he plucked it in the snow out of the air while he was airborne and then was able to bring it into his frame and then kind of like just somersault into the end zone. It was wildly impressive. And another thing I wanted to bring up about George Pickens, that is somebody, though, who tore his ACL recovered, came back. He didn't have to do that. And he ended up coming back to Georgia and helped them win the national title. So I I appreciate that kind of grit about him. I'm wondering, Fitz, if Pickens never got injured and he didn't miss that first, you know, two-thirds of the season, would he be generating more first-round buzz like we see with some of the other bigger type of wide receivers who are different than Pickens in Drake London and Traylon Burks, Drake London from USC, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I'm wondering if he would generate that type of buzz, although those players are wildly different. That's tough. I mean, I think it's it's easier to speculate, like, if he never came back um, because, you know, in, injuries happen, and I think he would generate the same buzz um, because all these scouts and fans and, and analysts, they're all about what can you do for me now? And so, like, if you don't have those 2021 stats, then you're kind of, like, it's, like, out of sight, out of mind. Instead of it being, like, you know, what what is the upside? And that's where the scouts truly, they evaluate someone on their upside. Um, but they're, you know, you're, they're not going to generate a ton of, like, a, t- a ton of, you know, traction unless they play that 2021 season, so... It's kind of interesting. Um, I think if he didn't come back, that it, he would have gone like even lower. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad he did come back though. But yeah, he should he should be should be higher, honestly. Just like Traylon yeah. Burks, he's kind of falling a little bit too for some reason, and I think he's really awesome. So it's interesting. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's very awesome. The only reason I asked that was Giants have the 36 pick. If they trade back again, they could possibly land another second round pick or possibly Pickens could even fall to the third round. And I'm wondering if they could find this prototype X receiver a little bit later. And if he never actually suffered that injury, then they'd be getting him at a value. And that's why I asked. And also, I love the Velas Jones call. The kid, he was down at the senior bowl. He had this like 72 yard touchdown catch against Kentucky. It was like a boundary switch release where he was the number two receiver and he accelerated and he just blew by the number one cornerback on the switch and just accelerate away downfield. I believe he ran in the four threes as well. I think that could be a day three guy who would be, who should interest the New York giants. Yeah, no, he uh, definitely, he, he first, he played for the USC and then he transferred to Tennessee. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, but I, I think because he, they changed coaches, uh, they went from, or I'm not, I'm not who, I'm not sure actually who was the coach, but they brought in Josh uh, Hubel from U. UCF and he kind of ran like a no huddle offense and because of Velas, you know, he has the speed. Uh, I think it actually helped him kind of like progress his game a little bit. And I think it's more important to see how the player went from like year one to year two to year three. And he's someone that literally went up every single year. So even though he's 24 right now, he'll be 25 the start of the season. A lot of people are saying that's a downside, but honestly, I don't think it is. I think somebody is like a player's mental ability and mental processing is more important, especially when they're getting drafted, because it's like, this is what he can do. Um, you know what you're getting in a guy instead of it being more unknown because he's so young and maybe he, you know, his talent or his body frame hasn't like grown all the way yet. Like, no, you know what you're getting with this guy. So I, you know, I really like him, like you're saying, probably fourth, fifth round pick. Fourth, probably, to be honest. Some people are there saying third, um, but, you know, I'd, I'd say probably fourth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You mentioned a lot of guys that I'm big fans of in this draft. So a lot of my guys, so I kind of want to pack a few of those with you fits. And the first one I want to talk about is actually going to be George Pickens. But I do want to say one thing about Dotson, who I haven't had a chance to watch too much of yet, but Nick put me onto him. So I'm watching a little bit I, and I watched so much big 10 during the year that I've seen him. Uh, my Penn state guys basically call him a uh, uh, short, ver short version, Allen Robinson, which is like, what that's what like caught my attention. Cause Allen Robinson was a player who was, misevaluated during the draft process, fell to round two, should have never fallen to round two. And he didn't have a, just atrocious quarterback play throughout his career. And my mind would be viewed as one of the best receivers in the NFL right now, just based on what he's put on tape. And I want to talk about elite traits when it comes to wide receivers, because a year ago, I thought when watching Josh Palmer out of Tennessee, that he was going to be a completely underrated uh, player in the draft process. And he was, he ultimately fell further into the draft and the chargers drafted him. And he looked awesome last year as a rookie, like for somebody who was drafted that late to show out that well in limited snaps as a rookie, like he did with Los Angeles, it made me feel very confident in my evaluation of him. And one thing that I thought he did elite was ball tracking on the deep passes. And I think a lot of the times people look at these deep threat receivers and are like, Oh, what did they run? What's their 40 yard dash? But there's so much more to being a vertical threat than just your 40 yard dash. So I felt when watching George Pickens, one of the reasons he's one of my guys is I feel like he has that trait, that elite deep ball tracking trait. Do you feel, A, do you feel like that's the case with Pickens? And if, and with the exception of Pickens, or if you want to include him, which receivers that you've studied in this class have elite traits that stand out to you? 
Yeah, so I really like your assessment on Allen Robinson, um, mostly because I think he's one of the best 50-50 uh, catchers, you know, on the sideline, you know, in, in the game today right now. And like you're saying, a lot of a lot of evaluators or, or you know, analysts will look at speed. Um, but when you look at guys like Allen Robinson, uh, you know, they don't really need that speed. It's really about what they can do at the catch point. Um, and that is certainly elite. And I remember watching jo- Josh Palmer when, uh, you know, at, at the senior bowl. And I was like, man, I love, I thought it was a tight end at first. Um, like just because of like his stature and how he kind of like separates at the top of his route and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's great at the catch point too. Um, George Pickens, I think he kind of runs away with his speed a little bit more. Like he, he's better through the stem. Like he, he will basically look at his cornerback and try to just make them look stupid. Right. Like in the middle of the route hole, he'll cut inside. And then as soon as the, the corner opens their hips, he cuts it back out. Um, and that's kind of like where he gets his separation and the ability to track the the deep ball is, I would say, elite, honestly. I really, I like Calvin Austin. I think he has some elite abilities when it comes to like head fakes and, and running his routes. Um, I really like his ball skills and, and his yak. I would say, you know, that's definitely elite. I would say Alec or uh, Sky Boar. Uh, his route running is filthy, to be honest. He, he's really, really good uh, when he's basically from the slot. So he's like a technician when it comes to kind of like footwork. Uh, and I would say another guy, and I'm I'm kind of like talking about guys that aren't, you know, that aren't like at the top of the list. Uh, but if I were to say one of those guys that are at the top, I really like Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, I think, I just think he's, he's one of the top guys for a reason. I mean, he, he can catch the ball. Obviously he can run the routes. I mean, I don't know. I I really like him too. Um, is there, is there a guy that like, I haven't mentioned that I should kind of look into like, or like, are you, is the giants really looking to draft a a receiver high? Cause I was kind of coming into this thinking like, are they really going to draft a receiver high, or is it more like the third round? What do you guys have? You have um, you have two three round picks. Yeah. Uh, do you think that a, a receiver will get drafted there, or do you think one of those five and sevens will go for a receiver? I don't believe, and I, I don't want to speak for Dan, but I think he's on the same page as me. We don't think it's going to be a first round pick. More than likely not a second round pick, but I think that's a little bit more believable if an elite talent falls that far. But in the third round, we're talking about the the Sky Moores of the world, the uh, Calvin Austins, and those guys. Sky Moore will probably be a second round pick, but who knows? You know, the draft process is kind of wild. And then another name that we haven't brought up yet that I'm interested in because I've watched a ton of his film. You saw him all the time before he got hurt, and that's John Mechie. And I kind of wanted to pick your brain on, on John Mechie and even Jamison Williams. The Giants probably won't get Jamison Williams, but you know speed is speed, and the NFL really values speed. So can you talk a little bit about those two Alabama wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, I I really like Mechie. Um, you know, he's crafty. Uh, he he basically he can sell his routes really well. He, he has a release package. Um, you know, it's tough though, because he was another guy that tore his ACL. And I know that Giants fans, they don't really want to mess with uh, guys that have a history of getting injured, uh, you know, especially with like Galladay and just, you know, the inconsistency uh, with some of the receivers right now, or, or even just the skilled players in general, with Saquon Barkley and, you know, and, and those guys, but no, I, I really like uh, John Mechie a lot. Uh, Mechie, right? Mechie? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he's been the number two. So um, I think, yeah, I, I think he can separate really well. And that that's obviously one of the most important things when it comes to looking at a receiver is the separation. You know, it's kind of like when, when Dan was mentioning the speed, speed is not something that, you know, I'm worried about unless it's after the catch. Yeah. That's really the only time that speed matters to me. Um, otherwise, it's it's the footwork at the release. How many like release packages do you have, especially against press? Because corners in the NFL are not the corners that you see in college. You know, anybody can separate from those guys. Uh, well, anybody that's going to be in the draft, obviously. 
can separate against um, any, you know, any guy that's basically any corner that that is an elite, but on any team you can separate from. So what are what is the extent of your release packages? John definitely has that. He has a ton, so he's able to kind of he's able to get out of the press. He's one eighty seven, like his uh, his his weight. So, I mean, maybe he's another guy that kind of has to like get his weight up a little bit. Um, but no, I, I really, I really like him too. You know, he can, he can break tackles after the catch. Uh, you know, he, he can go, come out of the slot as well. He kind of did that a little bit more as his, as the years went on, uh, he kind of came out of the slot a little bit more. Maybe that's just because of the different receivers that were there. I think, uh, Devonta Smith, um, I think he was kind of in the slot. So when he left, I think that, well, that was 2019 or 2020, you know, Mechie kind of came in and ran a little bit from the slot as well. I think he took like a little over a hundred snaps uh, from the slot in 2020. Uh, so he, he can he can kind of play all over. But um, I would say, you know, looking at his height, being 5'11", slot is definitely where he's at. But he can separate like one of the best, honestly. I want to talk a little bit with you, Fitz, about Christian Watson, the wide receiver prospect out of North Dakota State. Reason being... I think during the draft process, and I can fall into this trap as well a lot, it's easy to just like every prospect or to have good things only to say about prospects. But sometimes you want to peel it back a little bit and break it down how you see it, and you should always stay true to what you see. And there may be a player that you're not seeing it or you just don't get it on. For me this year, it's going to honestly be Trey McBride. I know I mention him every podcast now. I hate dragging this dude, but I just don't see it with McBride. When I watch McBride, I do not at all see a player worth selected in the top 50 of this draft class that's so loaded, especially in the middle of the, you know, in the day two range. But you don't see it, I at least from our discussion beforehand with Watson. That's a player who intrigues me a lot. So I'm curious to get your take on what you're seeing on tape that, gives you some reservations about Watson. So, I mean, yeah, I am not a huge Watson, like Stan, I guess you could say. When you look at guys coming out of the FCS, right, they're always tough because they do have to absolutely dominate. Uh, And there are times where he did. Uh, If you look at his, his height, you know, he is, 6'4", uh, Richard Sr., but he's, you know, and 4'4 four, four speed, well, 4'4 four, four, four speed. Um, you know, he's getting past opponents really well. He's, he's making crazy catches. But there's just something about him. Um, I just don't think he dominates as much as he should at that level. Um, so it could be something about, like, Carson Wentz coming out of, of North Dakota that maybe put like a stigma. Hmm. Um, I just, I just think that he could have done a little bit more. Um, and everybody always roots for an underdog. And like you're saying, I think Christian Watson was kind of, he was one of those guys that were kind of put, you know, in that place to kind of be an underdog. So it's, just, it, it's tough. So are, are you, are you guys, you guys do like Christian Watson like a lot, or are you guys I like kind of on the fence or? So I haven't talked to Nick about this. I actually have no idea what Nick's opinion on this is yet, though we do plan to do a draft profile on him. So, And I know Nick's done work on him. We just haven't discussed it. I'm a big fan of Watson personally because I have a friend who goes to North Dakota State. He put me onto him early on. But I wonder how much of that is because I always think about this with these guys who are playing at a lower level competition. How much of that is I'm seeing him play against guys who are just not going to be playing at the NFL level and he's showing out against those players. And also for me, I'm, I'm a bigger believer in projection. So I understand there's a lot of limitations in his game right now from a route running standpoint, but I ultimately feel like that can be coached at the next level. That could be wrong. I could be wrong about that entirely, but from everything I've read, he seems like a good kid. And even so, just because you're a good kid doesn't mean you can be coached in those, in that regard, like some people just never get it from that standpoint. So I'm not fully saying that, but I just feel like for me, I'm so projection-based a lot of the time. I just feel like this is a guy who could, with coaching, become an even better player than I'm seeing right now just because there are limitations already within his route running. And you also got to look at the system that he was in as well. That's a run-dominant system. They want to run the football, which I also like because there's a lot of reps of him blocking downfield, and he was also incorporated on jet sweeps and those little touch passes, and he has that kind of speed and acceleration. I would agree with Dan. 
I do like Christian Watson. I would agree with Dan that his route running needs some work. There's, I don't think there's denying that, but I feel like he has all of the athletic traits to become a good route runner. Now it just comes down to the question on how coachable is Christian Watson. And as Dan said, and I agree, I mean, I haven't met the kid, but like I agree with the fact that I've heard a lot of people say that this kid is very coachable, has a good head on his shoulders. I think with all those things put together, it could make a really good NFL player because he has the size and the speed components. But there is somewhat a projection there just because he is coming from North Dakota State. So there's a leap in competition and the offense that he was in in college wasn't conducive to maximize his his receiving skills. So that's where I think the projection comes in. But I think he's definitely worth a day two pick. And I think that's where I had him graded. Yeah, I, I just think that there's a little bit of his release that kind of needs some work. And he's not like totally taking guys out in the blocking game and his size. Is, he's big. And if you're not dominating on every single like level, like in terms of being a receiver, like release uh, his hands, uh, you know, his ball skills after the catch, um, you know, catching in traffic, uh, hit, you know, mental toughness of play tough, like play speed and play strength. Um, You know, in terms of all of those attributes, like you have to at least dominate like, eight out of 10 times. And there, I just don't think that was the case. And if you're going against the FCS talent, I think you, you should be And And at his size, um, you know, I, I think he should have been. So there, there is a little bit of doubt in my head um, when it comes to him. Um, but he, he's flashy, right? He makes those like one handed catch in the end zone. And, and that's kind of what gets everybody excited. So, I mean, if he can do that at the next level, then great. Um, it's just I just just think it's more of a risk. You know, and if you pick him really high over someone that is playing against SEC talent every single week and like still kind of dominating, I think that's more of a sure pick. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's a bold take from from me, but I don't think it's a bold take. I think you're you're trusting what you're seeing. I respect the heck out of that, to be yeah. honest. And, and with this wide receiver class, there. There's a lot of talent here, right? But a lot of the talent is they're different. There are not a lot of people who are of similar have similar skill sets, I feel like. There are fast guys, there are the Chris Alaves and the Jameson Williams, but those two players are wildly different. Alave is a much more, I would say, polished route technician, whereas Jameson Williams might have a little bit better deep speed. I don't have any of the GPS tracking data on that, but it just seems like that when you watch the film. You look at Traylon Burks and Drake London, those guys, their prototype, their physical prototype lends you to believe that they are the prototypical X type of receiver and that's where they're going to play. And then you turn on the film and you see how they were used and they were used on screens all of the time and just these design touches that you typically associate with players who have the build of Calvin Austin, you know, smaller players who are more explosive in space. So I think this is a fascinating wide receiver conversation and a fascinating wide receiver class and there's one player that i haven't necessarily watched yet and i'm wondering if, if you've done your due diligence on this player he's was down at the senior bowl and i saw him down at the senior bowl and i thought he had a really diverse release package specifically in the red zone drills on day three of practices and that is boise state's Khalil shakur somebody with really really good hands from what i understand do you have any uh film watched on shakur so i don't but i've seen a ton of stuff on twitter um, about him and yeah probably right after this uh, I'm, I'm gonna take a look at him and I even have I have a whole list on my uh, on like Google Excel sheet and I have the in big capital letters next to his name watch like must watch yeah and I haven't gotten to him yet and I'm kind of disappointed in myself but yeah like he's fast uh, you know he has good size 193 um, he's kind of going up there in some draft boards um, I seen him a couple places where he's, you know, close to like in between uh, like 12 and 15, like on, on the big board of, of all of the wide receivers. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch him yet. Um, but yeah, probably right after this, I probably will. <laughs> no, I understand that uh, struggle because there are so many guys that I want to get to, but like, I'm a one person scouting department, I guess you could call it. Like I, I, yeah, I don't right. have the time to watch all the players that I really appreciate. So if you haven't watched any of these guys, you guys are a little bit later round, players then no sweat about it whatsoever but a player that i wanted to to get your opinion on if you have seen him is baylor's taekwon thornton and this is the one who ran the fastest combine time and he's somebody when you turn on the film there's a little bit more than just speed in his game and i think if you're talking about somebody with this type of dynamic speed and vertical stretching ability 
I can see a team taking a day three flyer on this kid and trying to really hone in his skill set and his 33 plus inch arms. But the issue is he has like smaller hands than Kenny Pickett. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that hand thing. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. Did you get a chance to see Thornton at all? Uh, So I watched a little bit of him um, to be honest. And that like his, his speed is really out of control. Like he has the wide, like the long strides, um, you know, especially like right out of his release, um, he has the burst. He's able to kind of get in front of defenders. He's sacking guys, uh, you know, his just acceleration in general, uh, is super good. Um, I mean, he's tough, right? Like with these really fast guys, I'm so nervous about, um, like injury with, with hamstrings. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, he seems, he seems Perfect. Uh, there's a little bit of his his route running, obviously, that could be kind of sharpened in a way. Like in terms of like if you look at Calvin Olson and how he kind of uses his head fakes, um, I think, you know, Thornton could kind of take a page out of his book, uh, kind of being more more sudden. He's more of like vertical speed. Once he gets vertical, then, you know, he's good to go. But if he gets locked up, I'm a little worried about that, uh, to be honest. So he's not like he's not changing direction. So he, he, he's more of like, if you go about like three by one formation, he's going to be maybe that middle, that bigger slot that can kind of go outside. So if you have like a concept of the guy on the outside running a, a dig route, and then you put Thornton in the middle to run like a fade on the outside or a wheel route, something like that. Um, so he can get that one-on-one. He can get vertical really quickly. I think he could be, he'd be pretty dangerous. Like, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, he's a guy that's kind of like him, uh, reminds me of him a little bit. But I think Valdez kind of he sharpened his his like uh, his releases from him his stem into his break. Like he does a really good job of getting that separation by just moving his body. So I think Thornton can kind of I think he can get there for sure. Yeah, Thornton's also a uh, I mean Valdez Scantling's also like a really good blocker, which isn't something I really knew until I. Uh, Heard it on the Athletics podcast. They were talking about his blocking, and I guess he's like a really, really adept blocker. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Marquez Valdez-Scantling's film other than what I see on Sundays. And you're right, though, about his ability to stack and and really just stretch the field. There was this play against TCU where he released outside Thornton, and then once he he really got the corner's hips oriented towards the sideline, he just – planted his outside foot and exploded back inside and used his hands to kind of break the contact of the cornerback and accelerated and beat the guy down the field for like a 46 yard gain. And it would have went for like 70 yards and a touchdown if the quarterback didn't underthrow him. So I think for like a day three target, he's an interesting guy that I kind of have my eye on again, not a complete player, but somebody who has a couple Trump cards that can really, really, I think assist an NFL offense and another player that was down at the senior bowl, who I feel like is a, a quality asset who could be around, you know, the fourth round range is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Have you had a chance to watch him? Oh, Jalen Tolbert. Um, so I, I haven't had a chance to watch him. And like you're saying, there are so, there are yeah. so yeah. many prospects in this draft. Like I think the wide receiver, uh, like I think all these prospects are actually better than like a lot of people realize. Like a guy like Jalen Naylor, like he's really good too. And it's like, these guys aren't even like at the top of any list and like, they're so good. So no, Jalen Tolbert, um, I haven't, oh man. Um, but no, like if if you look at it, he's another big guy, you know, six, three, one ninety. Um, he was, he was on some of the lists like pro football focus. I saw him on there. Um, you know, he had a, he had a ton of yards, uh, in college, um, but nah, unfortunately I'm not able to kind of like go into anything specific with him. And now I feel like after this podcast, I'm going to have a list of guys that I'm gonna have to post about. So if it's- any listeners follow me, man, you're going to know that I'm going to do my homework after this. And there's one player I, I believe you've watched extensively if i'm not mistaken and that is justin ross somebody who used to be it's the clemson wide receiver used to be mocked to the giants in the top 10 like two or three years ago before his back injury can you talk to the audience a little bit about what justin ross can offer an nfl team yeah honestly i oh man i i feel i feel really bad um about justin ross i actually got like someone let me know that uh he was actually uh he was actually 
talked about within a couple NFL teams that, you know, there may be something actually going on with his back. Um, And uh, that could be a huge reason why he drops, uh, you know, in, in the rankings a little bit, but Dude, he is one of the best catchers. Honestly, he he's huge. Like his wingspan is, uh, you know, so good. He he can when his body's going one way, he can catch a ball that's maybe underthrown or overthrown, which uh, which may be something, which may be something that you know, a an NFL team that doesn't have like a great quarterback could obviously use. Um, you know, he he's a really good route runner. He can run every single route, so he's not just a guy that runs you know, curls or digs or, you know, those short little whip routes. He literally runs everything. Um, so he, and, and it, and it can be from anywhere on the field, even though he's six, four, he can get in the middle too, because of how well he run routes, runs routes. Uh, so there's, there's that spinal injury that's kind of, uh, limiting him. Um, but he does not drop the ball. Um, so I think, you know, at the catch point, he can be really, really dangerous. He creates separation. He's a massive target on the outside. So he can be even that Z for um, for any team, you know, that already has a big – that already has a slot because um, he could be, you know, obviously that big slot. Um, but, yeah, that size advantage I think is is huge. You know, he, he can play against man. He can play against zone. Um, he has decent uh, – uh, he has, he's a pretty good hand size on top of his, uh, his wingspan. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's been like wide receiver number, like one, two or three until, until that back injury that he had. So he's such a big unknown. I was really hoping that, you know, he would go to the Jags and it could be another like, uh, like Jamar chase and, and Joe, um, you know, like one of those teams that kind of gets their college receiver back for their quarterback. I think that's like really cool because it's an immediate rapport that takes months to build as, as a rookie wide receiver. And I think that should be something that should be happening more. Uh, So yeah, I was kind of hoping that, you know, maybe he would, he would go, he would go to them, but there is a chance that he could, he could be that late pickup that, is uh is surprising if he's able to kind of get his back situation under control. So yeah. it's no, just I, tough. I understand what you're saying too. Unfortunately for Jacksonville, I think they signed like 900 receivers during <laughs> agency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're are any of them like really good though. So yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, it's a pretty wild situation, but you had cap space. You might as well spend it. All right, Fitz. So I want to ask you, since we haven't gotten into this specific question yet, who is your number one ranked receiver and why? Oh, wow. Um, my number one. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's tough, right? Because there's different guys that are in different positions. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people are saying Olave. Um I really like Drake uh, because of his size. Um, but I think if you're looking for like that perfect receiver, I think Garrett Wilson is the guy. Um, honestly, he he can run out of the slot. He, he's only gotten better ever since he, you know, obviously started college. Like his, his numbers have went up every single year. And that's really what I look at uh, most uh, is, is how he kind of gets better. Because that mental toughness and, you know, what, like what you do during the off season, I think matters more um, because it's all about like, you know, what you can, what you can do for a team in the future. So you're only going to have better coaches uh, and, and, you know, a better, uh, a better quarterback to kind of throw you the ball. So I think, I think Garrett Wilson is that perfect guy, right? So he can adjust the ball. Like he has a really good uh, catch radius. His uh, change of direction is awesome. Uh, you know, he can, he can carry the ball and obviously run it after the catch. Uh, so I think I just, I just love his shiftiness, shiftiness, obviously, or honestly. So like maybe, maybe his, maybe his weight has to kind of get up a little bit. That's what I'm a little nervous about. Um, but if you look at guys like um, Devonta Smith or like, uh, T.Y. Hilton, they're small guys, but they can move. 
Uh, and like, I, you know, like I was saying to Dan earlier, separation is really, that's what matters. Um, and if you can't separate and you can catch 50, 50 balls, you know, that's even better. Um, but I, I just think he's a, he's a weapon, man. I think he's one of the best, he's one of the best out there now. Um, if you're, you know, if you're looking at the height, the weight, the, the catchability, uh, the route running, uh, the speed, uh, the body control, like, I just think he has it all. Um, but I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to take away from what Drake has too. I think he, I don't want to say like they're tied. Drake is probably second. Um, but no, I, I really like Drake London too. I think he is really good. As soon as he catches the ball, he looks north and south. Um, unless obviously there's a guy coming at him, he can juke right after he catches the ball. So that, that ball skills checkbox is definitely ticked. So, um, you know, and not a, not a lot of guys that are six four, six five can move like he like he can, like Drake can, side to side, and he can be elusive, um, and he can kind of get downfield and, and catch any ball. So, I just really really like Drake too. So, but if yeah, if I would have to pick somebody, it'd probably be Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, I just think he's he's awesome. That's Garrett Wilson from Ohio State and Drake London from USC, a former basketball player, if I'm not mistaken. And I agree. I've watched Drake London against, I think it was Washington State and Colorado. And some of the contested catches he was making downfield were eye-popping, to be honest. Like the amount of body control and the strength and physicality that he has at the catch point. But he's not just one of those players that is just strength and physicality. He can do that, but he's also pretty nimble for a dude of his size. Like we said mentioned earlier, USC used him in a lot of screens and got the football out of their quarterback's hands very, very quickly and got it to Drake London. I was kind of shocked to see that when I when I first went into his film. But my one concern with Drake London is the the vertical speed, I would say. I think that's safe because you never really saw him really get on top of the defense all that often. Yeah. Do you see that as well? So, yeah, I do. But the, who I like to kind of not like compare him to, but in terms of uh, terms of that uh, attribute, like not being super fast, uh, why did I have his name in my head uh, and now I lost it? Alshon? Um, Alshon Jeffrey? Yes. How did you know? Yeah, Just because that's, that's what exactly I see when I watch team. him too. A lot of people told me they he reminds them of Mike Evans. I don't see that at all personally. I thought Evans has much more game speed from what I've seen, but I can see Alshon for sure. Yeah, Alshon. So, yeah, Alshon's not a fast guy, um, but he his his physical toughness at the top of his route and his 50-50 ability, uh, you know, is there. I think Drake is a little more elusive than Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, he, the, what he does after the catch is a little more impressive than what Alshon uh, was doing. He was kind of stiff. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely see the comparison there. Because I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not too worried about the speed side. Um, just as long as, you know, you could separate. Uh, and yeah, I, I just, I really like Drake, man. All right. Before we let you go, and I know you've given us a lot of time, so I don't want to keep you too long. I want to talk about two things. So I'll start with one of my guys and it's Traylon Burks, who I got to be honest, like I'm going to go through the, some more tape now on Wilson and on London and even Olave, but I've seen a lot of them. I just have a feeling Burks is going to be my wide receiver one in this class from what I've seen so far. I just freaking love the kid. And I think there's still so much to be uh, like, there's so much to be developed with him uh, at the next level. And I think he's just one of those, like not a lot of people said like, Oh, he can be used like Debo Samuel. And everyone's like, what does that mean? He's such a, he's so much different of a player. He's so much bigger, but I'm like, yeah, I watched that. I watch him in that Arkansas offense be the entire offense there and they get him the ball in space. And he's in my mind, the best after the catch receiver I've seen so far. And so I want to get your take on Burks. And if you're excited about him, because you know, I've seen this happen in the past, like, Somebody close to the Giants recently, Xavier McKinney, was supposed to be a lock first-round pick. I thought the Cowboys were going to take him. I thought at worst he falls into the 20s. Ends up going on day two because he runs a bad 40 time and he has bad testing at the Combine. Similar to Burks, Burks just had a total dud of a Combine, not just the 4 5, five 40 because he looks a lot faster to me on game film than that 40 time. But he also tested poorly in the three-cone and the vertical and the jump. So what are your thoughts on Burks from the actual film that you've watched, not taking aside the Combine stuff? No, honestly, I, I really, really like him too. Um, and you look at his speed, or not his speed, uh, you look at his his size. Uh, what is it, 6'2", 6'3", uh, 225. Uh, and 
his glove size that was something that was kind of brought up he wears five and a 5x they actually like, had to order specific like different gloves arkansas had to order gloves just to fit his hands that they like because they didn't have anything that fit him they were sub 10 inches at the combine. yeah at the combine they didn't measure big but apparently they are i don't know that i thought was weird too girthy hands girthy hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah so d- isn't it like um it isn't do they measure the palm or do they measure from the pinky to the thumb pinky to the thumb yeah Nick knows. okay so maybe his palm is just big yeah maybe he's got a kenny pickett thumb only like he's got mitts <laughs> yeah, like maybe he just has like huge mitts, right? And like yeah. maybe his fingers like aren't as long. Um, you know, it could be. I guess it could be possible. But uh, but no, I I really like him too. He kind he can run everything. Mina Kimes kind of went on a on a rant about him uh, like a couple days ago uh, on Twitter. She made like a, a mini thread. Uh, yeah, man, I think I think he's awesome too. He. I really like his his curl routes and then how he kind of moves his body after after the catch. So yeah. as soon as he like as soon as he reaches the top of the route, he'll he'll like put the defender on a little juke, come back in, and then he'll be able to kind of take it. Um, I don't want to like compare him to Jamar Chase or anything, but I'm just saying in terms of running those type of routes, uh, he gets open. He gets that separation. Um, no, I, I like him a lot. Um, how many yards did he get? Yeah, so he only got he only broke a thousand yards one for one season. Uh, so that's I was a little worried about that. It's a um, run heavy offense, but yeah, 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 and obviously you know that that could definitely be why. But um, but yeah, his movement after the catch is awesome. So that's why he was kind of running a lot of those screens, a lot of those bubble screens. Yep. You know, the catch like right at the the line of scrimmage but coming toward like running towards the quarterback. So not just like getting it and trying to get to the outside because once he gets going, uh, he kind of moves seamlessly laterally, like without losing a ton of speed. So that's why like, Hey, run a tunnel screen and make them run towards us. Kind of keep that speed going. And he, he ended up being like fourth um, in all of college football in terms of like after the catch. Yeah. Yards so. after the catch. Yep. He's, you know, he's he's a weapon. Honestly, I hate the whole like, oh, he he could be Debo. Like every year, it's something that these yeah, guys they... could be. Like, what if Debo doesn't do anything next year? Then like the comparison is kind of thrown out the window. Like, I I like the fact where you can say, okay, this is the body type that he like plays like, and this is the this is the player that he could be. Like, he could be a combination of two guys. I just hate saying like one guy. This is this comparison. That was the one thing I never did. Like when I wrote for the draft wire and I was doing like uh, individual scattering reports, they're like, Oh, like, do you feel comfortable doing the p- comparisons? And I said, no, um, honestly, like I, I made the editor, Doug, Doug do it <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, it's so hard. Like I hate boxing guys up and I don't know if that's cause I played and like, I wouldn't want to be boxed up because every player evolves. Like every, every player gets better and you know, Sometimes the comparison is like a shitty player, and you're like, "Oh, right. like th- this shitty player's at his best. He's a- like that's still an insult." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I totally like, get it. I totally get it. I think that's yeah. just mostly something that sells well, and it's an industry-based thing. It's you know, people it people people who read this content do like that. So yeah, you got to give the people what they want, as as we always say in this business. But for me with Burks, it's just like. I watch his film and I just see him eliminating angles that don't make any sense. And whenever I see that with a player on film, it always catches my attention because that to me translates to the next level. You'll see safeties think that they have the angle on him and they just don't. And it's like, what the hell? How did he beat that angle after the catch? And at his size to have that ability, that's unique to me. And I'm always looking for elite traits when I'm evaluating these prospects. And to me, he's just an elite after the catch player. I don't know that I feel personally like I think Garrett Wilson or Drake London do anything specifically elite. I mean, I could understand that the, the case to be made that they're that Wilson's incredible route runner, but like, I feel like I've seen more elite route runners and at, at least the collegiate level, just in recent years, players that come to mind for me are like Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley. But as far as what London does, that's the more interesting one to me because like Nick said, he really is truly elite 
at separate uh, catching away from his frame and kind of that in air that almost like Larry Fitzgerald-esque ability to contort his body in air and make plays. So, yeah, so I, I think all those guys are definitely in the mix for wide receiver one overall. I want to leave on this, Lord uh, Fitz, and get your take on this finally to close the show. You've done a ton of work on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And coming into the draft, I was beyond sold with Trevor Lawrence as a prospect. I thought he was the lock 1-1 overall. I wish I could have him on the Giants. I wish I could have him over any quarterback that's come out in the last five years. But if you look at some of the advanced stats of him from his rookie season, they're up there with like the quarterbacks who are aligned with him in, in like a variety of these stats. Like probably like I, I was looking at somebody who did a comparison. It was like five or six or seven stats across the board are just all total busts, guys who never made it in the NFL. His rookie season was just terrible. And you look at some of the guys who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they show something in their rookie season. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I'm not ready to rule out Trevor Lawrence despite this, despite that troubling trend. How much in your mind from what you've seen on film was disappointing? I don't want to say disappointing. Are you at all, well, first of all, was your evaluation of Lawrence as high as mine to begin with? And has that changed at all based on what you've seen from his NFL film? And how much of the struggles were just based on the total dysfunction with the Jaguars last year? So I think I think that there was a lot of dysfunction. And it went from the offensive line to the, the route running in general, uh, like the scheme that they had. Uh, and then you look at the coaching then you look at the decisions that were made on field. Like everybody knows that running, rushing sets up the pass. And they're like benching one of the top running backs <laughs> in the entire NFL, you know, and James Robinson. And right. Trevor had to go out of his way to go up to Urban and be like, Can, you have to put him in. Um, because if you can't run play action, then it's it's really tough to kind of get that separation downfield. Um, and I think he's really good at play action, Trevor. So I think he's really good at getting out of the pocket and making accurate throws downfield, like on the run. Um, and he wasn't able to do that at all. Uh, he wasn't able to run his bootlegs because none of these teams were falling for the run because they weren't ever doing it. Uh, right. <laughs> like it, it was it was crazy. But honestly, yeah. I was a little concerned, honestly, at first when it came to his balls kind of dropping off. Like when he throws a deep ball, right, you're expecting it to fly. And there's something about them that kind of just like drop off. And when when you're a receiver and you want to get it at the highest point, that point comes a little bit quicker than you think it is. Like because of how much like his – you know, how much it drops. Uh, so that was a little concerning, like his deep ball in general. Um, then then you kind of look at uh, his anticipation when you're running outside, like curls on the outside. Uh, those, are, those are routes where the cornerbacks that become like really antsy, they're, they're ready to pick those off. They're going to jump those every time. And every single time he threw a curl – I was like, I covered my eyes because if I felt like it came so late, you know, so definitely his anticipation, I thought, you know, those, that was a weakness of last season, uh, his deep ball, he kind of like dropping off. That was definitely something though, that we all saw kind of coming out of college. So that wasn't really right. much of a surprise. Um, but <laughs> when, when I say those two things, the latter now anticipation, I think that has a lot to do with the rapport. Uh, you know, that you have with wide receivers. And if anybody was following the Jaguars uh, during minicamp, they got rid of like half of their wide receivers that he had in minicamp. And then they signed like new guys. And then apparently they weren't running their option routes right. Like they weren't reading like the safeties where they should be. And so like, how can you anticipate where your receiver is going to be if one, you don't play with him, and two, like one day Shotty's like calling the plays, um, and then, you know, it moves to Daryl Bevel, um, and you're not sure like what is Urban Meyer even doing, and there's just like a lot of dysfunction. So I think that fell a lot on Trevor, like in right. terms of being able to, to build that rapport with his wide receivers. Uh, so it was really tough for him. 
Um, but I see him moving inside the pocket better than I thought he was going to be because he's so lanky, right? You would think, you know, maybe he, he would try to escape more because he ran so much in college. Like, you know, he kind of ran out of the pocket or he was doing those RPO and he was keeping it, but he didn't do that at all. Really. He, he was able to kind of, he stepped up in the pocket when, when his, when his tackles kind of shit the bed on him, you know, he was able to kind of step up, still go through his reads. He was making like really good progressions. Like he was, he was kind of going to his third, his third option a lot of times uh, because the first receivers weren't even running the right routes. You know, they were, they were breaking it early or breaking it too late. So he kind of, he had to make a lot out of nothing. Um, and yeah, I think it, the dysfunction again, just had a lot to do with it, but, but yeah, no, I think he, he went through his progressions. Well, I think his movement inside the pocket was awesome. If you look at the amount of sacks he had, he didn't really get sacked that much. He threw more interceptions because he took more chances because he trusted his receivers more than he should have. Mm. So he he threw a lot of deep balls that were questionable against like three or four, um, you know, defenders, which you're like, wow, I can't believe he's actually taking that shot. But when you really think about it, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see a guy that's, that's, you know, seeing ghosts kind of, or, or pulling it back and running it. He does not want to be a running type of quarterback. He wants to sit in the pocket. He has great movement. He wants to sit there and kind of and strike the ball downfield. I think, you know, running is going to be his last resort. Um, so I think, you know, th- there is, there, the upside is definitely still there. Um, I think that uh, he'll be able to run more bootlegs, uh, which will kind of help him because, yeah, he's great, obviously, inside the pocket. So if you're running from shotgun, you can kind of like step up, go through your reads. But I think he's really good at the play action bootleg as well. Um, So I think they should kind of run that a little bit more, rely more on the backfield. Um, Yeah, it was it was kind of like if he didn't do well, then it was it was shitty. So um, I think I think he had a lot of pressure kind of put on him. Uh, in terms of you know what Urban thought that he could do, and then Urban kind of kind of blew it for him. But no, I I do think he has you know he has a lot of upside. He didn't really disappoint me yet. I think there's there's a lot um, that we as football fans should look forward to when it comes to him. I, I don't think he's like a bust yet or anything like that. I think I think he showed he showed a lot of upside, and and that brings me to. So something that I think another thing I'm going to add to my homework list is just kind of maybe make a YouTube video of those little things and maybe only make it like five or 10 minutes long. Cause I get this question all the time um, in terms of Trevor and like what he is. And I don't think many people are kind of showing what he did, what he did well because of the, the disaster that surrounded him. So I may, I may do that in the next uh, upcoming weeks. Because I think that would be good to kind of show people, hey, this is what he does do well. You know who who posts a lot about him? Nate Tice. Um, he, he for some reason he he follows the Jags sometimes, so he'll he'll post a lot about Trevor uh, Lawrence. But yeah, I wouldn't say don't 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 count him out yet. Fair enough. I'm happy to hear it. Fitz, thank you so much for joining us today on the Big Blue Banter Podcast. This was excellent. Let the fans know where they can find your work and your film breakdowns. And just so that one more time, give them uh, your Twitter handle and spell it out so people can take a look. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's Laurie Fitzpatrick. It's L-A-U-R-I-E. Then my last name is F-I-T-Z. And then um, my Twitter handle, F-I-T-Z-P-T-R-C-K. So I take out the vowels of the second half of my last name. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys really can find hard me. to pronounce your name. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so USA today on a touchdown wire uh, and, uh, and yeah, just pretty much on Twitter guys. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. One thing I want to note before, um, before we go check out uh Pierre strong. So I just wrote a piece on him. He's a, he's a, a running back out of uh, South Dakota state. So I know I was kind of talking junk on the, the F, FCS guys, but um, he's one that kind of didn't really get a ton of reps, uh, and uh, he actually ran like the fastest out of all the running backs. So um, I want to like give him some love. I, I think he's going to be pretty good one-two punch at the next level. So 
Sounds good. We will definitely check him out, and then we'll talk about him in the pod. So thanks again for joining us on the Big Blue Banther podcast. Everyone else, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.